Fuck yes. Welcome to After the Hype with me, your host, always Brian Dressel. As always, Jonathan Harsey. Hi. Emily Blake. Hi. And Chewie Darso. I made it. You did make it. Yeah. I keep. Yeah. I get here a little bit earlier each time. Yeah, sooner I, or later, you're going to show up at the same time. There's going to be no point for me to ride down here with John. Just and we're gonna miss, we're gonna miss that bro talk. Yeah. Oh, you guys ride down here together. Yeah. That's yeah. really cute. Yeah. It's a, it's adorable. Is what it is. Yeah. We hold hands. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. We sing show tunes. It's pretty great. It makes driving difficult. I will admit. <laughs> it's not as adorable as Corin aggressively trying to eat his feet in our bed. Oh, I thought you were gonna say is Corin trying to drive? No. That's also he, he's done it once. He's a good driver. <laughs> <laughs> so special guest this week we have Tracy Ennis back. Yay! From way back when, Snowpiercer. Uh, let's do a quick, where have you been doing? I can go first. I watched, I'm going to go with Arrow. I watched Arrow. I watched all of Arrow. <laughs> I'm up to date in Arrow. Um, it is so much better than the last few seasons of Arrow have been. It's kind of mind boggling. Uh, it's still not like season two quality. Like back when like, oh, we know what we're doing. This is great. Uh, it's more like season three where it's like, oh, but now that we've been like down the uh-oh road where it was horrible, it's like, oh, okay, uh-oh actually isn't that bad. This is quite entertaining. Ollie compared. saved the city. Ah, oh, crap. They're not talking about trust <laughs> every other stuff. word. Okay. And it's like, uh, and they actually spend time with consequences. Like a very common trope of CW is the end of the season is going to have this huge monumental thing. And then the very first episode, we're going to retcon the whole thing, looking at you, crazy ex-girlfriend. Um, and it, it annoys the shit out of me. Like, I, I like it when whatever happened before influences the next season. Like, I think that's... Flash is really good about that. Like, Flash they blow really shit up at the end of every season. And the next season, they're like, uh-oh, we just created a new race of alien people. Yeah, I don't the, know. the Good Place is really good at that. Yeah, Good yeah. Place is very good at that. Um, and uh, to this point, Arrow has been very bad at that, like very bad at that. And this season, they finally kind of understand that, no, people are, are watching season to season. Like yeah. You don't have to start fresh every time. Mm. Pete, Ollie was accused of being the Green Arrow for the fifth time, and this time he actually did go to jail. Yeah. And it works. And there's characters from all the way back throughout the season who are in jail with him, who are mad at him for being in jail. And like it's a it's a very entertaining show. Uh, I, I'm very excited to be enjoying it again. It's not Legends of Tomorrow quality. Um, because nothing is, and uh, except for Venture Brothers, of course. But you know, we'll get to that. Plus. You like that show? Uh, I really like that show. Um, All right, John, what have you been doing? Good call. <laughs> yeah, Hulu is what I've been doing. I got the subscription, so I've been watching uh, the stuff I've been meaning to watch but haven't because of that. So um, right now, I've been watching the Amazing Adventures of Gumball. That it's my favorite animated cartoon. I've only seen like maybe a season's worth, but hmm. Hulu has all of it and. It's really funny. Um, I've also been watching some anime I've been catching up with, Attack of Titan. Netflix only has like the first season, so the rest are on Hulu. And Do you like that show? Attack- uh, I enjoy the violence. <laughs> <laughs> that was so bleak. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the premise, the kind of the concept of it and the violence are what's keeping me. But I might run out of steam on that. We'll see. The first couple episodes of season two haven't been anything interesting. I made it three episodes in and went, this is the most overhyped anime ever i can't I, can, I, can, I can't do it and i quit I, I can see it i hadn't like i was it was easier to binge on netflix because i had it and i sure. just kept playing them after the other and um yeah it was just easier to watch and also now that i have access to hulu i've queued up a bunch of other things like drunk history i want to finish that or like i've seen a yeah. few want to jump onto that <laughs> there's also a, a show that i've uh heard of called let's see what was it it was about venture brothers it was venture brothers no it was like there's like a store and it's very like is it super? Superstore? Yeah, Superstore. Is it super? Yeah. So that's in my queue. There's a lot of things in my queue now, and 
I have a year to watch them all before I stop. Are you I going stop. through Chewie's IMDb page and watching <laughs> all the things that she's worked on? Oh my god. It works out start so well. watching my Christmas movies. They're terrible. We were just talking yeah. about those. Between Are they shows. on Hulu? Again. Some of them. We'll get to that. It plugs at the end of this. All right. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'll cue it up. But um, watch my Santa. I'm in it. Yeah, you are. What? what? Um, Santa? For my no. Where Have Damn. I Been Doing. Yes. Um, I did watch the other movie, uh, and I think I enjoyed it more than Emily did. But. That takes nothing. You, you mean uh, you were you were never really here? Yes. Okay. Yeah. If you watched, uh, if you liked it, a fraction. Yeah, you liked I, it more I, than I liked it zero percent. Um, the other thing that we finally did was we finished watching American Horror Story Asylum. Did you talk no. about that? I haven't yet, and we watched Apocalypse, not Asylum. Apocalypse. Sorry, Asa- not Asylum. Apocalypse. They start with start with A. They do. Um, and I enjoyed it more than Brian did. I thought it was one of the he, worst seasons they have. He does not like it when they talk about who the next Supreme is. And I will admit, it does get annoying. And at some point, I did wish that at least they would start listening to the Supremes or something. <laughs> uh, but other than that, <laughs> I, I enjoy the characters from Coven. Uh, and it was nice to see them again. And it was just really interesting to see each one of the characters play a different... Each one of the actors play... They play a different character every season, but in this one, they had to play like three different characters at different times in the show because they had to play ones that they were old and some that were new and then da 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 da. Oh. And it was just really interesting. It's I just think it's an incredibly creative show and it's interesting to see actors really be able to showcase their versatility so much. Um, and I freaking loved, uh, I forgot her hair, the Vaughn whatever girl, the receptionist that becomes the leader of the... Sarah Paulson? Yeah, but the character with the red hair that she plays. And don't uh, remember the names at all. I just loved her outfits and her entire demeanor and how much she hated everyone. I thought it was amusing. She was she was the best part of the whole season. Both characters like, that she played. Yeah, Sarah Paulson. I mean, that's why yeah, she's that's in every surprising. season. She's yeah. amazing. She's amazing. Yeah, she's an amazing woman. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, what about you? I watched on Netflix. I watched She-Ra, Princess of Power. Ooh, Ooh. Yeah. Lauren's in that. Oh, she plays a uh, Scorpina. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's a fun. The, the, uh, I, I did watch She-Ra back in the day. I don't remember it very well. I just remember, like, I feel like She-Ra was always kind of like He-Man's sidekick to some degree. Sister. Sister, yeah. Uh, yeah she no, had her own show. I know. I, I'm saying, like, she doesn't exist without He-Man. Right. Like, he is the center of the world, and she was just sort of like... Off they to needed the side a, a girl. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. They needed a yeah. girl toy to go along with yeah. the He-Man so, toy line. So, so I mean, on, you but could on, say they're both just pawns of Grayskull. But. True, but on the Netflix show, He-Man's like not a thing. So it's all about and and the whole premise of the show. There's only like, I I only remember there being one male character. Um, it's all women all the time. I think even the writers' room is all women, mm-hmm. if I recall yeah. correctly. Um, and uh, the whole prim- there's all these princesses, and that's where the power structure is. It's around princesses, and uh, and but then there's also you know the bad guys are trying to destroy like this beautiful uh, community, and it's all about coming together because the princesses have their own little kingdoms or whatever they're called, princess domes. And then um, and then Shira ends up trying to bring them, or Aurora tries to bring them all. Uh, actually it's not even her trying to bring them all together she's helping her princess friend bring them all together to like fight the bad guys as a unit so they all have to like get over their own petty stuff and like join together and there's some really great voice talent in it 
Um, and uh, I really enjoyed like the empower. It's also about female friendship and you know conflict that can cause when you want separate things and jealousy. But there's not about men. It's about career jealousy or about you know like power. Um, and uh, I just thought it was really really good, and I enjoyed it very much. I've been meaning to watch it. How's the animation? It's good. I don't know very much about animation. Okay. I mean, it's it, I don't have a problem watching it. That, that I don't that know says, diddly says shit yeah. about animation. So. If it if it bothered you, they would say more. It does not bother me. Perfect. What about you, Tracy? Um, I just finished The Walking Dead. Mm. Where we're at, I like stopped it for a really long time and picked it up again. Uh, and I, it's <laughs> <laughs> seems to be the general feeling towards Walking yeah, Dead you know, right it's now. It's one of those things that, on uh, to some extent, I love that they. I love the time jump. Yeah. And I think that it happened too late, maybe. And the way that they wrapped up some characters were not very well. Um, primarily Maggie and Rick. Yeah. Uh, and I think that I, you know, I don't know because I haven't read the comics, but we used to talk about the comics, yeah. Brian and I at work. And um, and I think I know where they're going. Could, should I talk about that? Sure. I don't know. So I think that because originally... Negan was supposed to like partner with Carl and they killed Carl off and now it's been a couple of years and you can see him kind of like bonding with Jill, the the daughter. It's not Jill. I can't remember her name though. Sure. Um, Judith. 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 That one. Um, I think that he's going to end up partnering with her instead. That makes sense. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think that the the, using the um, zombie people... The whispers. Com- yes. I love the whispers yes, in the comic that book. That was a great it was a great turn and I I just think it's a little it's just too late. I still think the whispers was the natural ending point of that comic series. Okay. And it should have ended at the end of I, that. That's when I stopped reading it. Me too. I, I get like I read start of the next arc. I'm like, this just, it doesn't have the Were they the, the ones that wore the zombie yeah. skin? Okay. Because so, I think that's about as far as you can take zombies. And they did a yeah, good job, I think, I on the that. show with that moment. Because yes. in the same time in the comic book, you're like, what what the fuck? The zombies are talking? And so they did it in the show, too. Like, they're hiding out, and suddenly you see the horde go by, and you hear them talking to each other, and you're like, what the fuck? If you didn't read the comic book, you'd be like, oh, my God, the zombies are sentient. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's so, either, oh, shit, or like, well, this show's jumping the shark. Yeah, now. totally, <laughs> totally. totally. Hey, Romero and, did it in his movies. Yeah, exactly. Works. Land of the Dead, they got smart. Yeah. Well, yeah. Day of the Dead, they did first with Bub, the, the zombie who can use a gun. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That movie's awful. I love Romero, but Day of the Dead just does not work. It's Oof. just a guy in a bunker yelling at everyone yeah. for like <laughs> two hours. Uh, I think we should get started. So Fun. Thoroughbreds, uh, it, it did uh, quite poorly in theaters. It was marketed uh, horribly. Uh, I'd never heard of it until you yep. put it on um, I saw a trailer once, and then the movie got shelved for a long time because of the, yeah, the same. Uncredi- incredibly unfortunate passing of Anton Yelchin, mm. and they didn't want to capitalize on his yeah, death yeah. like a lot of people do, which I think was the best thing about Hanley. <coughs> like, that is such a, it's very respectful. It's very yeah. respectful. I mean, yeah. But because it was shelved for so long, the marketing just kind of fell apart. And eventually they had to release it in some fashion. And then it came out. And the only reason I wanted to see it was because I love Anna Taylor-Joy. And I think she's one of the biggest and best upcoming actors. I think uh, is it Oliver Olivia Cook. Um, I think she's great. And I love Anton Yelchin. So I'm like, all right, I like the cast enough just to see the movie. And I threw it on the calendar. And I didn't know anything about it. And now today we get to talk about it. Um, 
The reviews were decent, not great, and I think that's pretty much fair. It's, got, I, it's in the 80s on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe. I never look at Rotten Tomatoes. I was looking at Metacritic, and I think it was in like the low 70s. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's decent enough. I think that's pretty fair for where this movie was. Um, but we'll get into it, because I think it, there's a lot of a lot of mixed bag on it, and there's a lot to dig around. But before we do any of that, we have to do a breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. This week coming to you from Tracy Ennis. Tracy, Tracy, Tracy. I'm not... Do I do it? When do I do it now? When I tell you. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, there was a video online. Yeah, I don't... yeah, yeah there, there's, a, there's a camera being pointed at you now. When he says he's good, we're going to do this. You ready? Yeah. All right, so here we go. Thoroughbreds in 30 seconds. Here we go, 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 go. Two teenage girls who come from wealthy families reveal their sociopathic growth t- and tendencies as they decide to kill one of their stepfathers. That's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I'll give you that. Oh, that was like 12 seconds. Yeah. That was pretty I, good, yeah. I, I thought about it. I simmered the on it. The plot really bit. isn't that complex. No, no it's really not. not. No, no th- this one's all about complexities in conversation. I mean, I could try and to jazz cam. it up a little and bit more. And steady. Oh, boy, the steady cam. <laughs> they love steady cam. They really love that steady cam. I, I loved the steady cam. Steady cams and long shots. This movie is all about I it. I love it, too. I, Don't forget I, women's legs. And women's legs. Um... And a really well-lit house. A really well-lit house. A really, really well-lit cold. <laughs> Very cold house. I, that, all I can think of is cold. Freezing. Yeah, it's marble. <laughs> Their walls are marble. It's freezing in that house at every moment. And they're wearing short shorts. Those are chilly What is legs. with the short shorts? <laughs> the entire time. It was very upsetting it's preppy. to me. Preppy girls were That's the only thing I could... I was like, they're cold and... I, that's one thing I found like, interesting <laughs> is that... Uh, what's... Uh, shit, I don't remember. Lily is the preppy girl's name. Yep. The other girl's name is... Amanda. Uh, Amanda. Amanda. Amanda was... They kept putting her in frilly dresses. And I was like, that is an odd choice for her character. Was it because she was trying to assimilate or... Uh, so, Wait, who isn't Lily? Like, her, like skater dresses, Amanda. Yeah, or Amanda. Yeah, I feel like she'd be the type of girl though that's like, I don't want to think about this dress. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't really care about anything. Yeah. So that that's uh, kind of where I want to start this movie. Is this movie did it played a character trope, which happens a lot in movies, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it happens in real life all the time too. I don't personally know any of these people, but somebody who is just completely void of emotion. They don't feel them. It just doesn't click. Usually, sociopathic tendencies follow. Um, and this movie didn't really ever lean into that. Like they leaned into it with the fact that she killed her horse, and otherwise. But she, she was... killed her horse out of compassion. Yeah, I yeah. That was really that was the confusing part for me. Yeah. So the 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 kickoff of this movie is that there is this girl who kind of creeps everybody out, and she did something to a horse. And as the movie goes on, you find out more and more. Like, oh, she really fucked up that horse, and it, it's strange because she says she feels nothing. But everything she does is motivated by feelings. Exactly. I think that was the point. Yeah, I think so too. And because I, it's the other girl who ends up being the one who does the worst thing. Yeah. And I, I find that really. I, I think that's the strongest suit of the movie. I think it, that is. It's what the it Dexter did the best. problem, mm-hmm. where it's like you tell us you're a sociopath, you have no emotions, but you do all these things that don't make sense without it. Yeah, and I. Whereas Dexter, I saw it as like a, a huge flaw in the show that eventually made it to me completely unwatchable. This one, I found it kind of fascinating in a way. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of the movie, I don't think I'll ever rewatch Thoroughbreds. I thought it was entertaining enough to get through the one sitting, but I don't think I'll go back to it. But the character of Amanda was fascinating, mm-hmm. specifically because of that. She is very, very honest at all times. Like she lies when she has to, but for the most part, she's all about truth because who cares? Yeah. If people get mad at the truth, that's on them. It's not on me. I'm the one who's telling the truth. Right. And 
I find that like it's a really interesting character because she keeps saying, I have no emotions. I leave like I think she's even quoted as saying, like, I have a worthless life. Granted, those words were put in her mouth, but still she agreed with it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that like if every single one of her actions is clearly motivated by emotion, like there is so much more going on in her head and we don't really explore it. I'm not sure if that's a problem or not though. Well, it's it's interesting because I mean this movie is kind of uh teenager issues and daddy issues centric yeah um with lily her dad died for some reason we don't know we found out it was in the ninth grade and she hates her stepdad because he's clear he like embodies every aspect of a toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. they just packed it into one guy which made him almost like a cliche or uh, a caricature of a human in my mind uh and then you have amanda her dad's not even mentioned. He's not present. He's not there when we go to her house. It's like he she never had one. So that could be one of the things that could instigate her emotional problems, where she thinks she has no emotions, but she probably is super depressed, which can create you make you numb in a certain sense. I'm not a psychologist, I, I so I can't I mean, go to the... I listen to a serial killing podcast, and they talk a lot about like the in-depth... Uh, profiles of people that are sociopaths and and she is very robotic in that way and I think that she came we start the movie in in her realization that she has no emotions and that she has been kind of like I, th- I think she's known she has no emotions for a very long she time she's only just now admitting it to herself okay. okay so yeah so I think it was more of a subconscious mm-hmm. thing and she she's grown to accept it at this point yeah and so I think that with that acceptance come, came a lot of digging. And and the confusing part to me is, it, or the interesting artistic part to me, is watching her like in the mirror when she's kind of clearly trying to emulate Lily or um, just different motives that she has, like like we talked about, where it seems like things are motivated by feelings, but it doesn't. But she still is very robotic. Like, you don't feel it with her. You feel uncomfortable. She's very yeah. logical. Yes. That, uh, uh, that very first smile that she does when she's wandering the mansion. And she looks at the mirror over and just kind of does a quick, like, dink, dink, like, smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that was very interesting to what you said. Um, a lot of her character reminds me of, I mean, very early on, I, I, if, any, if you've had any medicine for, like, depression or antidepressants and they've not worked well with you, sometimes you start to feel a shell of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, like, maybe, I mean, my read on it is that, that it's more like trying to troubleshoot, like, where did they, where did they go? Like, do I, I have it? That. Do I still have it? Like, it always seemed like she was trying to find that thing. Like, there's a scene where she's standing out in the bushes, just looking at the bushes. That's something that, like, it looks pretty. It's, it's but, like, very... she's just standing there. She's just, like, just, what, what, like, what, do, I, what do I do here? What well, do I do she... in this moment? Like, I can't feel anything. I can't feel grief or anger. It's like, what is this? I, I got to feel something. What is it? Well, she even, I mean, she talks about her therapist constantly trying to diagnose her. It's possible she's just been put on pill after pill after pill after pill. And yeah. the pills are actually yeah. making her worse. Oh, totally. Yeah. And that's why I think, and we'll we'll get more into the, the director on this one. Um, I, I think he did a very good job, but there's a lot of stuff to me. He's a writer-director uh, and a first-time writer-director. And I think there's a lot of stuff in there that feels very... I don't want to say film school because that feels like more of a dig than I mean it to be, but it feels very like... It, it does feel film school. Yeah. And like, it's just a young man coming in and out the gate trying to tell a deep story about women. Yeah, and the the, the, the women part of it isn't the problem that I have with it. It's more like the... It, 
they kind of feel like gotcha moments. Like it kind of feels like, all right, so the whole time you're expecting this one to be the sociopath and this one to do all the violent stuff. And look, I gotcha. It was the other one. And it's like, and wouldn't it be cool if you don't see the murder and we just stay there? Like there, there are obvious choices to that. Yeah, and, and it's it, interesting that. It's and not, it was kind of, for me. It was story breaking because story breaking. it was so so blatantly shittily done, and we get none of the explanation of like any any investigator that walked in oh, there would have gone like, all right, so she has a pound of roof and all of roofies in her stomach, yeah, right. and she and has, this blood mm, smeared yeah, on her. This blood is obviously smeared on her arms, like. Like everything they did was just so shoddy at the end, and then she goes to jail. And even if she was, no, I did it. It was me. Even if she admitted it through and through, there was zero chance that any investigator, like if you've ever listened to anything on murder, like fucking even Law and Order, you would know. No, this would never fly. And we're supposed to just go with it. And I think that's where I don't we, know. Have you seen well, Making Murder? Yeah. <laughs> well, you have sure. the problem is where a tester for drugs. But a ma- Lily has a history of being having problems herself. And has expressed incredible dislike of her stepdad. It's pretty obvious. I think everyone knows it. Even her mother. And there's they're both in the house together, obviously, at the same time when this murder happens. There's no hiding that. Yeah. So if whether or not they would convict Amanda for the murder, they would know that Lily was involved. Yeah. Also she would not get movie, off scot-free. They've yeah. also throughout the movie called her a problem child. They, that, yeah. they're, they're, like she's dropped out of school. Yeah. They're moving her to another one. Like they, they consider her a problem even though the movie she is trying to at least trick be us into thinking she's not. She for manslaughter also was something. covered in blood and then put blood on her friend and then laid down in her friend's lap. There's yeah. no way there's yeah. not blood in yeah. her hair, guys. But there was no, there was no wrap-up, though, to say that she actually would never get caught it it seemed like it was still relatively close to when the murder happened see i think by having the other one she didn't look like she was in jail she was in a, she, uh, in a, in, in in a institution, institution. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but by having her there i think it was it was pretty much implied nope she got away with it and i just yeah because the, like, there's definitely at least six months that have gone by yeah and i feel like the movie did a really good job grounding it in this like reality that most of us will never experience because we're never gonna have more money than god and just spend it on marble right. walls uh but they did a good job with it, and then just to completely abandon it at the end, just for a you didn't see this coming moment. It, it just it it robbed it of what would have been a okay ending into just kind of a blech ending. But, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I I just don't think the movie was even really about that though. It wasn't. It. it I don't know. I guess I was fine with the ending being half-assed because it was it was more of like an art show installation sure there was never really a full i mean yeah there's an a b like four chapters yeah. but like yeah why was it split a chapter oh I didn't the chapter yeah. was so film so school-y. arbitrary yeah, yeah. It, it just wasn't it wasn't something like i i don't know i got to the end of the movie and i was like oh, yeah that's about right like, you know, like I, it's, it's sort of like this movie is kind of constructed with a sort of specificity you were told that you have to have in film school without any motivation to it, and the the chapter divisions really bleed into it because there's not a distinct progression in each chapter in a specific like there's not reason that this is a chapter I mean, other than could, this is the the pause point. Yeah, you could DVD. take out the the chapter headings and nothing changes. Like literally nothing not, changes. No. It's like he saw a Tarantino movie and went, "Oh, I like it that he does that." Yeah. And the chat like with those, there's like. The, there's not linear storytelling to go with the chapter. So you're like, there's all these decisions that uh, with a lot of experience and just um, skill that Tarantino would do in those things. Yeah. And so that but, but in film school, we can kind of, we look at it and just try to emulate it in sort of like a reverse engineering it when we don't really know why. Totally. Those, like, what, yeah. like, what are you trying to say with this? Like compared to the last week's movie, 
where the decisions we might not have agreed with, but there were a lot of specific decisions in the movie that were asking you to um, approach the movie in a certain way, and they were communicating something. Nothing was being communicated. It did have a clear point of view. Whether yeah. you like yeah. it or not, it yeah. had a very clear point of view. And, and this one, like I, I agree, like the chapters, they, I, I totally even forgot they were there because they were so meaningless. And it's like, it, it's stuff like that where like the ending will bother me because like it, it just, it, it's just, it's a pile on of like this is stuff that like if they'd have uh, somebody else doing like a pass in the script or if they'd had like a stronger producer, this is stuff that should have been ironed out and not been like this is being touted as like a really like when it was going to come out originally, it was like an award thing and like push for like the new Anna Taylor joy, like get these really big people out there. And then to half ass these things, like you just, and it seems like it's never more apparent than with um, Anton Yelkin's character. Cause I like him as an actor, but there's every, every fabric of like his story and what he does in this movie doesn't make a lot of sense. He doesn't need to be in this other than just to showcase, like he is there as a prop. Yeah. And without motivate, like, they got him in there, and I don't know. He wasn't needed in this movie, even though I really enjoyed seeing him, and I miss him well, in that's the movies. But the, like. That's the problem with this movie for me is, like, what was the purpose of anything? Yeah. It was very stylized. Everything was done to the letter of what his intentions were. It's a very well-crafted movie. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But then, okay, so you have the girl with emotions. You have the girl without emotions. You have the deadbeat skeevy guy you have the terrible stepdad and you have the caring mother and the non-caring mother they're all symbols and i think both then the yeah i don't think it was a which one do you think is a non-caring mother the mom who just ignores her daughter and lets the guy send her to places i don't i think that's actually one thing I liked about the movie was the abuse that she was suffering. The mental the abuse mom was, was very subtle. And Everything it, 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 it would have been really easy to make a movie where the stepdad was just like really violent and angry and constantly. Instead, he was putting her down all the time. Or when she was on the the um, the what do you call it? Sunbathing. The sunbathing. And she said, oh, he likes me to have a lot of color. Yeah. It's little stuff like that. That is abuse as well. Yes. So yeah. I, I, I get that she's abused, but she's a, she's a symbol in the movie like to me each character is a symbol and i've been trying to figure out what they were trying to say because the girls are also compared to horses i mean they're ta- yeah. constantly they're it's called thoroughbreds they're talking about horses they both rode horses and the very ending of the movie is her having a dream about horses being wild and she says they don't understand how expensive they are i wish we'd seen that dream instead of yeah her and yeah. the yeah. entire time i'm watching this movie i'm like Okay, I get what all these are, but I don't get what you're trying to say with it. What is the message of this movie? For me, it's one of those things where, like, and I really don't, like, I I think he did a good job, and I'm excited to see what he does next. But for me, it's one of those, I think he should have just let go of the script and let a more seasoned director take a crack at it. Because there's a lot of subtlety in there that we shouldn't be asking about. Like, I don't think that we should be like, so what was the point of this? Or what was this? Because I feel like these answers should have been there and maybe are and just not obvious. I feel like it was one of those things where you look at a script and you're like, oh man, this is going to be, this is easy. Slam dunk script. It looks great. I have, I'm going to do this artistic stuff. It's going to be great. But what ends up happening is that he uh, tried so hard to make things look so pretty or so, for so much feeling like the music 
I actually love the music. I oh, the music was great. yeah, yeah, you did, didn't you? <laughs> like, I don't I know. I don't know I if it's it because uh, because my husband works in music or what. But at first, I I heard the music in the beginning, and I was like, that's the first thing I wrote down. I was like, music is an interesting choice. And then I like flashed back to a film school class, and I was like. <laughs> like this, make it hard make but, it yeah, jarring like, ju- yeah make it juxtaposed but like, and and it, this is gonna be a common theme but like i enjoy discordant music i mean i enjoy birdman but like the, what's the point in birdman it's about the- theater theatrics and how that all like works together this like there's no point to the music being weird i well i he i think he was trying he just missed the mark yeah he was trying yeah. to make it juxtaposed Juxtapose. Thank you. Yep. That word. Um, <laughs> he was trying to make it that way so that you would feel, you would be like, oh, well, that's interesting. I, I feel uncomfortable with this music. It doesn't seem to fit. Something isn't right here. Yeah. Which and, is See, I thought it was trying to, that. for me, the music worked in scenes with uh, Lily because I felt like they really expressed her inner like violence yeah. more than her outer shell did because she was always so prim and perfect with her makeup her mm-hmm. hair and all like that amanda but the, the music, music was hard and sharp amanda got the same music too so which didn't right like, but i guess work, i guess yeah, i didn't hear it that. as much with her like i felt it more with lily than i did with amanda well especially because if that was the way that they were going to be foreshadowing that lily will be the violent one not amanda then amanda shouldn't have the same cues mm. it should have been the exact whenever we have amanda we have soft peaceful music whenever we have lily it's violent music well, and, yeah, and I assumed that they did that because they were trying to confuse the audience by starting yeah. the music with Amanda walking through Lily's house. Yeah. But it it just didn't work for me. I no, thought that it yeah. just tried too hard. I agree. And I think it's it's a lot because it's – it shouldn't take you out – like music, in my opinion, should never take you out of a movie. And when it does, it's like – there should be a point – like if it's going to take you out of the music, it should be being like, hey – this is a point. This is something you need to pay attention to. Yeah, and like, this with um. But instead, that whole first act, or like the chapter one and and leading into chapter one, was painful for me. Yeah, it was really rough. I almost wanted to stop watching. I, I liked the conversations enough, and I love the I love both actors so much. I think they're. I can't wait to see what more else they do. Like I really, I'm annoyed that Anna Taylor Joy got shackled to the M Night Shyamalan train because I think she's phenomenal. It's just two movies. She's gonna do more. Yeah, than I that. know, but still, I mean, I have to watch these shitty events. Shyamalan movies. It's, uh, uh, they're so good. Both of them are so good in this. Yeah, yes. it, it, it was such a joy to watch them do the thing that they were doing in this. Yeah, and it was like, I mentioned something about Anna Taylor-Joy and I'm like, yeah, and then Olivia Cook is great. And she was like, I don't know her from anything. I'm like, yeah, you do. Ready Player One. Like a totally different character. Like this girl is phenomenal. I have a birthmark. I'm ugly. <laughs> that wasn't her fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, overall, I did enjoy this movie. Um, it's not perfect. It's not sure. like going yeah. to top, um, top 10 list, but I liked... I kind of like the film school camera work. I like the steady cam. I love a steady cam shot. Um, and uh, you know, oh no, I do. I do love me some I like long a, takes. I but... love a long take with a steady cam. But um, same... and I liked how well lit it was. And um, well, he technically he did everything fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I do like that. I felt I never got bored by this movie. That's the no. thing. It's like I was engaged no. and awake the yep. whole time. Yep. Uh, not like the previous movie where I wanted to smash my TV in five minutes. Um, but, but I think that's. Uh, I mean, for me, that's what I think what was missing is we didn't want like we didn't. I didn't, I didn't feel anything. Yeah. I felt like I, anything. I was Amanda yeah. after this. I was Amanda. I was just yeah. like, are they going to kill the dad? That's where I was. Oh, they yeah. were totally going to kill him. I, I, like, I think no... what, like, I think maybe, I don't know, maybe this is too much, too obvious, but I, I think maybe it would have been stronger if 
if Lily had, because Lily, we're right, she looked prim and perfect, but she had been kicked out of school. So I think it would have been stronger maybe if Lily's motivation was to be perfect all the time. And she had to look perfect. She And everyone thought she was giving to charity and doing all these nice things and being the perfect person. And then in the end, she turned out to be the psychopath and everyone blamed her friend. I don't know if that's too cliche to do it that way, but I think that would have at least made more sense because it was a little confusing that Lily was, she appeared to be perfect, but actually behind the scenes, she was already making mistakes so it's kind of like, what is her character supposed to be? Like, what is, yeah. you know, other than just her stepdad's a dick, I wanted more motivation from her. And if she was trying to be perfect and her stepdad was getting in the way of that perfection, or maybe he's pressuring her to be perfect, and that's the problem, she finally snaps. Something a little bit more from her would have made it, well, I think, a stronger story. The questions story. we have for this are more like, well, we're, we're asking for clarification. Yeah. Instead of like, what does this mean to you? It's more like, what are they saying? And mm-hmm. I'm it's, the confusion is brought out of like, just, lack of specificity like what does the like why does she want to kill her dad like we get that he's a jerk but that's because they tell us he's a jerk well we get that well we see that he's a, so he's, sure. he's a total dick bag yeah, yeah. he is but he like, he's a condescending he just wants to control women and he wants to get rid of the thing that is probably in the way of his utter domination of the house right right yeah. but like to, to kill him like I, I i think i missed that like What's I, that next step to make you want to kill him? Like, I, yeah, where's that? Like, I where's don't know, that? because... And I and felt, she's also, he's also not her dad, yeah. which can be a huge thing for a teenager to, in general. Okay, oh. but I, I felt the point where he had the monologue in the kitchen with her, and he explains to her, like, don't you understand that we're not all just offshoots of your world? Yeah. Like, the decisions you make and the actions you make affect your mother, and I make these decisions to try and be supportive of her. Like... I know that that was just kind of a one-off dialogue, but for me, that was the moment where I'm like, oh, fuck, I should not have kids. Um, (laughs) It just, it it was... They are selfish. It's very, you do, their teenagers are self-involved and all-consuming, and that was the point where I was like, am I the wrong audience for this movie? Because I relate more to the parents. Well, here's the thing: is I think in a in a stronger director's hands. Again, not taking digs at you, um, if you happen to listen to this. But in a stronger director's hands, we would have been questioning: Is he a dick? Mm-hmm. In that scene, we should have been going, "Holy fuck, have we been wrong? Like, is he actually just?" I did. I didn't though, because I they did. they because it was so. Nothing was subtle. It was so obvious the Wait, whole his time. His behavior toward the wife was subtle. And yeah. if his behavior toward the kid had been the same level of subtle, yeah. of like everything he says makes absolute sense, but it sounds wrong, then you're right. That yeah. would have worked yeah. a little better. Yeah, but he's blatantly an asshole. Like yeah. just blatantly. And then yeah. you have that whole... He doesn't, he's not even manipulative. He's just very... That's why I, why I was yeah. calling him kind of like a caricature. Because yeah. there's no hiding how much of an ass he is. Yeah, like after he breaks his nose after uh, she loosens the wheel on his thing. He is so just outright and you know, mean. But yeah. I, I, and I also would not have believed that. I think yeah. that someone who rides their bike every day, would he notice. would have noticed that yeah. his wheel was jacked before he got on the bike. The second you get on the bike, he would have noticed. You can yeah. feel. He's too much of a control freak to have not checked the bike. Exactly. In and that's, my mind. And that's where I'm like, and that's where this movie falls apart for me. It's like the details were just off at every point they needed to be perfect. Right. Yeah. And everything else in the movie technically is so perfect. Even if they do things I don't like, I'm not a big fan of the long tracking shots. Like It's just not my taste. It's I'm too not saying, much. Yeah, and that's, and if they work for you, Never great. Never too much. Yeah. <laughs> I love tracking shots. I, I like them sometimes, but like sometimes they just don't work for me. Like I feel like they have to be motivated, and I thought a lot of these weren't motivated, and the decision, but they're still yes. done so well. And like decision, everything was done so well, but then you miss on the important stuff. See, I think that, that I look like... forward to seeing this director's work. Absolutely. Because yeah. I think 
you could say less strong, but I think he actually is a very strong director. He's just not seasoned. Yes. Like he's, that's what I mean by strong. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to do great things. Hopefully. Yeah, but his name. Was... We keep saying he. Do we know his name? I know it's a guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me look back at but it. But I do well, think it, it's, it's Corey something. One of those Corey Finley. It's uh, one of those Finley. situations where, like, he did the, the tracking shots, and that it was a great school study. Yeah. You know, it was a great learning experience. It was, I, I don't know if this is his first film. Did you say that? The, the director, yes. Not the cinematographer. It's, it's the first shit. one listed on IMDb, but I would be hard-pressed to assume that he hasn't actually done a feature on his own before that so, didn't have such a high budget. So first studio film. First studio sure. film. I don't know what else he's done because IMDb isn't listening it, but he's definitely done other things. Part of that said he came up, though, because he was really good. Yeah, but like the, like yeah. The, very, the very end of the movie where they don't show the murder. Again, very interesting, very good choices. Like I can't be like praising uh, the last movie we talked about with making some similar choices with this, but like it on its surface is a good choice. But like then you start to examine the details. She's just like drugged and asleep on the couch. I guess that is communicating that she's drugged, but it's pretty surface level. What else is in the frame communicating? If you're asking us to stay in this frame for minute to a minute. really long it was a really long, long time yeah. push. they could have done it a little bit faster. what do you want to say like um there's an episode of um haunting hill house called two storms and it's a long take 18 minute long takes is the camera circles around everyone like storms they're they're all in the eye of their own storms there's that communication and that's what it's about and that all converges in the funeral parlor and that's kind of the point of it that's the point of long take and that's what's communicating You're like oh i get it okay cool it's there and it makes sense but like what she's just She's drugged and like she's living like she's emotionless because she's like what what like what are you what's what are you trying to and wh- this why with? did she still have to be drugged if she explained to her that her drink was roofied and, and I'm she like still did go, it. yeah it was like why don't you just sit on the couch and stay awake which makes oh. me think it would have been maybe a more interesting scene and after she realized she was drugged she she was like no you can't do this and then they had more of a confrontation instead of her just agreeing to do it it made it really easy on Lily to make that decision instead of giving her the challenge of being like oh my god what have you done and then Lily's yeah. like i don't know if i can do it and she's just like how dare you and then like maybe a conflict there instead of just oh no you've drugged me or, okay or maybe you even have that like, first scene like where where she's looking at the horse and caressing the horse's face you cut to the knife cut to the title card like you could you could do that again and be like oh this is just her friend doing this to her she is the yeah. thoroughbred that she's putting mm-hmm. down because She's worthless, like the horse. Like, yeah. get that. Like, what? that's the communication, right? And I just felt uh, Amanda was giving Lily a choice. She was like, no, I'll take the roofie. Like, you don't have to kill your stepdad. Yeah. But but I'm I'm, I'm going to see if you go through with your plan. Anything else we've missed in Thoroughbreds? We didn't really talk about Anton Yelton very much. Fair point. Well, uh, I think I was trying to avoid it. I, I, just, I don't want to. We shouldn't avoid he was in the movie. Yeah. He was now. in the movie. I don't need to focus on his passing, but we can talk about his character. And this. I is another thing in the movie that I wanted more of. Like you made yeah. a very interesting character that could have had a big role in the movie, and then they just avoid that. And he just kind of is a he's a side story for all of a few minutes. I was really confused about what his purpose was exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he had he was I, a hurdle. That was it. Yeah, yeah, it's a hurdle for a thoroughbred. Like, and that's like I, they, the one that they placed in front of themselves. Yeah, and they, they, and they had a really good plan of how they're going to get him to do it, and then he just didn't. And they're like, and there oh. was no consequence. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I guess whatever. He got his gun back. Who cares? Which is why he didn't. He didn't think they would do it. So and they yeah, didn't. 
And, and like there, there's something that could have been done with this character. Like I feel like there's. I'm just curious if they ended up like if there was more that was done, and they ended up cutting his character down due to his unexpected death. It uh. could be, but since they waited so long, I would guess they didn't. Like I feel like if this had come out right after he passed away, they would have done more for him. Yeah. But I feel like since they waited so long, I feel like this is probably what it was. I could be wrong. I but... mean, all of those scenes, like besides his very last scene. All of it was in the trailer. That's true. Yeah, I but mean, I also he, think that's... he's also a symbol in a movie about symbols. Mm-hmm. He is not a thoroughbred. No, he is Trashy. you know trash. He's a mutt. He's someone who thinks he's going to be great, but he has none of the tools to be great, and he doesn't know how to really execute. And they have all the tools. They have the perfection. They have the money. They have the resources. They have the skills. Like, this is the juxtaposition between the two. And the the thing that I really liked about his performance, and I mean, I, I, I loved him and everything, but in this one in particular, he did something that I, I hope I'm right, and there's obviously no way to find out, but whenever he talked about how big he was going to be in the future and how he was going to run things, he used Trump's hand, like, hand movements. Hmm. He did the same sort of thing that Trump does, and I find that fascinating. Like, if that was intentional and he just knew, because Trump wasn't president, obviously, but he was still a prominent figure because he's fucking Trump, um, but he always has the same sort of, like, the, the hands that kind of look like accordions, and when he was in the car describing how big he was going to be, his hand was doing the exact same accordion thing. I'm like, he's doing the exact same shit. That's interesting. I didn't catch that. I wonder if this movie, it would be a whole different movie, but I wonder if it would be better if it was from his perspective and these two girls approaching him to kill a stepdad might have been interesting. These two rich girls. And he has daddy Uh, issues too because when they clunk him over the head, he's like, what is, what am I going to say to my dad? more about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so maybe, maybe there was more and they had to cut it out because, I mean, he's such a good actor that it's like, you just didn't do anything with him. Like you, blatantly didn't do anything yeah. with him. Like, you set him up. This is going to be a thing. Never mind, not a thing. Moving on. And it's such a weird choice. Yeah, I guess that's where... that That is why I was like, I feel like they had to have had more of him and they and they cut him out for, you know, I don't know if it was editorial purposes or, yeah. or personal purposes, but I don't know. Because yeah. he was in, like, three scenes. And... But with a movie like this, especially one that trim, that doesn't really surprise me. Having a character like that who just kind of comes and goes, like that kind of feels like this sort of art housey world. But I think because you hired somebody as notable as Anton Yelchin, it was like, okay, so then he's going to be more. Right. I, mean, I don't know where they were in filming, but it would make sense that they were still shooting when he died because, I mean, th- there's that scene where, where he does come to get the gun and they played the whole scene with the lights going on and off, yeah. which sounds like a really smart solution to when you don't have your actor and yeah. you have to show them doing something. Also true. Right. Yeah, and I am so... Uh, I'm getting crazy about the point of not looking anything up about movies before I watch them because I've spoiled too many movies for myself in history, so I didn't look it up, so I honestly mm. don't know. Um, if we're wrong... Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know. Um, but uh, yeah, I yeah, that's all I really have to say on it. Anything else we've missed blatantly? They did interesting things with size in my mind uh, with this because, like, when she uh, size lived, or it's like size, like sighing size, okay. like like the, the, the things the, that Raphael how uses? big things are because. Oh, okay. Specifically because when a lily is with her mother, they always frame it in a way where she is dominating. Oh, yeah. Uh, she looked like she was a foot taller than her mom, mm. which makes no sense. Uh, even when they're sitting at the same table and how her mom was very light 
uh, like when we first meet her, she is literally being shown with light. And then we're at the spa. She's got her blonde hair and her robe. And um, Lily always has her very dark hair, very dark lipstick. She just kind of looks dark, especially with the way they would light her. In yeah, my it's mind. interesting. The mom has always kind of played not necessarily passive but like dominated like no matter yeah. who she's, she's dominated to. by her daughter or she's dominated by the dude yeah. and they have a one moment of like actual like caring for, towards her mom when she asks her how long have you been in here yeah. like that's really the only moment in the movie where i feel like she is expressed concern towards another person yeah because i don't even think that she ever expresses concern towards amanda more so just like like in being intrigued fascination yeah uh, if we're that's it, we're gonna move to quotes, 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 quotes. All right. I have mine. Uh, I it came really early in the movie, and I as most of my quotes did too. It, it's funny because this movie's not a comedy, but there are moments that will literally make you laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's a part where Amanda calls out Lily for never being honest with her. She's like, "You've never said anything honest to me," or like, "That was the first honest thing, honest thing you've said to me forever." And Amanda just kind of looks at her and goes. You're incredibly off-putting, and you kind of freak me out. And Lily just goes, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my moment is the same but flipped. Uh, it's later on in the movie when Lily is very upset after getting grilled by her stepdad. And she asks um, Amanda, when my dad died in the ninth grade, did you oh, use the technique? Hmm. Uh, that's not the exact quote. but And then... I think that's when she wrote her off. The moment Amanda said, oh, yeah, use a technique. Really good, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And then I think that's when Lily went, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to frame you. I can get rid of you, too. Yep. The, uh, the quote I've got is the, where she's chiding uh, Lily and being, you can't hesitate. The only thing worse than being incompetent or being unkind or being evil is being indecisive. Oh, that was my first quote. And <laughs> I think it speaks to also the, um, the production level of the movie, too. As like a mini like slide of a re- review, it's like doesn't matter how it works or if it doesn't work, don't be indecisive. Mm-hmm. And I incredibly disagree with that because it's one of the things that has ruined Congress when they call people a flipper flopper and like people can change their minds. It's yeah. okay. I do agree from a filmmaking standpoint. Directors, please don't be indecisive. <laughs> Make a decision yeah. and stick to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So my quote, uh, when they're getting the tracking shot, when they're going in the little wine cellar, uh, there's a lot of wine. It's a nice um, wine cellar. It's a nice wine cellar. And, uh, and, uh, Amanda says, uh, I don't even remember the context. I just really like the line. She says, there's nothing holy about a dick getting together with a vag to make a little dude. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a good one too. Um, my second quote. John. <laughs> John. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Yeah, it was, no, it was a good one. Um, was the uh, from Amanda, and she says, "I have a perfectly healthy brain. It just doesn't contain feelings, and that doesn't necessarily make me a bad person. It just means I have to work a little harder than everyone else to be good." And I just, I don't know. I liked that. It was, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, it was a solid. It was a solid quote. It's a, it's a real foreshadowing <laughs> quote. Yeah. yeah. Like holy shit. Um, Review system today, I think, is gonna, I, what I want to do. I'm not going to because I'm not that mean, and I don't want to sit here for an hour while we all look up movies on our phones. <laughs> it was going to be first-time directors. Um, yeah, that, that's why we're not doing that one. Um, so I'm going to go with this is going to be entirely subjective to everybody. Movies that just missed the mark. Ooh. Besides this one. I Besides Actually, you would have found it easier to do the first time. <laughs> I got mine. Go for it. The Boy. 
It was an yeah. interesting horror film about a girl who needs to go babysit a doll. And you could have done so many things with that. And I was really into it for a while until you realized, no, there's no weird spirits. There's no demons. There's no, like, interesting things. It's just a lechy dude in a wall <laughs> who moves that, the doll sometimes. That somehow is getting a sequel? <laughs> and, yeah. 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 And I coming was, out soon. I ended up angry at the end of that movie because yeah. they had me. They had me for a while. And I go, hold on. What how idiot is called it the boy and not Wally? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you were all over them today. I know, <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. was. I would. They totally missed the mark because they had so many interesting ideas and they shot it so well. And then it's just a lechy dude in a wall. I was so disappointed. I am gonna go with uh, the most recent Tomb Raider. Oh, uh, with with uh, Elisa Vikander in it, and it was a movie that's like it's just borderline awesome. Like it's just video gamey enough to be fun. It's just campy enough to be fun. But they don't lean into anything enough. Like it's like it should be a little bit more video gamey, but it's not. It should be a little bit more fun, but it's not. It should be a little more serious, a little bit more this, and everything they just kind of hint at and then back away. And it's like if you just leaned into everything you're trying to do, you have a great video game movie. But instead, every time they walk up to the line, they take a step back, and then that's where they stop. And it's like, ah, you're you're just almost there. And that's why the first Tomb Raider is a better movie. They leaned into it hard. They did more in Cradle of Life than they did in the first Tomb Raider. Uh, yeah. In Cradle of yeah. Life, they just kind of went, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Shots. And then take the shot. <laughs> Video games. Ah, Video I games. An Thanks for giving me my answer last week. It's Ocean's 8. <laughs> Which is a, a movie that really could have been better and was not. And had some good moments. And had one thing you did not mention in the podcast was Kate Blanchett's pantsuits, which were fabulous. Um, but the movie was just not there. Uh, I think I might hop on that train and go with Lady Ghostbusters. Mm. Okay. Um, I really, I was really looking forward to it, and I thought that it was going to be kind of the Ghostbusters just done with women, and I felt like it, it played, it just pushed too hard into the feminine aspect of it. See, I, I disagree. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things that, of all the things that that movie missed, I don't think that's one of them. Yeah. I think it was every woman wanted to be Venkman. Here's a female Venkman followed by a female Venkman, and here's another female Venkman. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I what watched do you think the of Ernie Hudson was Venkman? And it's like, yeah. oh my god, we get it. Venkman's funny. I don't. I don't know. Like I, I it just kind uh, of. There's, pushed... a, there's maybe you do a second episode on that one because that one there's always more to say afterwards. True. Yeah. yeah. After the hype. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. I hated it. Last but not least, uh, the one I'm going with is uh, Netflix's uh, The Ritual, which is kind of a in the woods horror film about some guys celebrating their from the or kind of honoring their dead friend and then getting like waylaid by a bunch of scary shit. And it's good. It could be, it could have been great. It has like all these like trappings that it's shot. It feels similarly shot to like the witch or it has like that kind of feel. It's got in the woods horror is like the Blair witch kind of thing going. And it's got mythical creatures and things. It just has all these things that should be really great and is fine. And I think that's kind of where this is at too. Uh, I think it's time for plugs. Plugs, pluggity plug, plug plugs. Of course, as always, Venture Bros. Venture Brothers podcast. Big fan of Venture Brothers over here. You should listen to our show about it. Do you like that show? Uh, it's a great show. I really like it. I highly recommend it. Um, I also really like our podcast, and I think it's only gotten better as we've gone along. And now we're in season three, and it's so listen much to fun. this podcast. Yeah, that's what we're plugging. Oh God, it's so good. I think two uh, people from work joined this week. Yay! Joined, Hi, the the podcast. Oh, fun. Hi, guys. 
Hi. Uh, and then, of course, Samwise, uh, our other show under the ATH Network. And again, Sam is fucking crushing it week to week. If you have any questions and advice, uh, be sure to go on to our site and you can find all of her content info there. Um, and just listen to the show. She does a great job. Like each week, it's how she's able to bullshit herself into these answers and not have them actually bullshit. I don't get it. It's, it's like would, a superpower because the advice is really good. It's and legit advice. It and connects it, perfectly to the movies. Yeah, and it shouldn't be. It should just be a spout of bullshit, and it's not. So she I, knows I, those movies really she well. really does. So I cannot recommend that show uh, enough. More so than Venture Brothers on this one episode. But next week, it's back to Venture Brothers being the other one to listen to. <laughs> but this week, it is you know Sam's birthday yesterday, so I'll throw over that one. Yeah. We also have uh, articles on our site that are also really good, really informative, and have cool points of view. And they're definitely worth reading. Uh, I I recently worked on a web series called Michael and Michael are Gay that is coming out. It'll be out probably by the time this podcast comes out. Uh, I think you can find it on their YouTube channel. So just Google Michael and Michael are Gay and it'll pop up. Um, it is fabulous. Um, if you enjoy uh, shows about uh, the LGBT community, that's good. But it crosses over. Um, it is one of my favorite things I've ever worked on. It's really funny. Um, and it's about, it's based on these two guys, Michael and Michael, Michael Feldman, and Michael Rackless are actually a married couple and their names are Michael and they both are very nebbishy. And, uh, so they decided to make an entire web series around that idea. So there are two guys named Michael and Michael and they're a gay couple and they get into antics because they're both kind of, uh, awkward, socially awkward. And um, things happen, and there's an episode where they go to Burning Man, and that's really funny. And there's an episode where they have, quote, dinner with the straights, which is really <laughs> funny. And then there's an episode where they have a naked party. Um, and I would like to just say one thing about that, though, in that my job that day was to, because we did a tracking shot, Yay. looking at a lot of naked men. And uh, my job was to prevent us from seeing the dance belts that they were wearing. And uh, there are takes where there are no dance belts. The last two takes we did, you could not see any dance belts. And the editor used one where you can see like five of them. So I will have it known. I just wanted to know it's not my fault that you can see the dance belts because I pointed them out. And then we did takes without them. And the editor was like, fuck you. I'm going to use this one where you can see everyone is wearing a fucking dance belt. So... I mean, know, we, we, I just we do wanted that. To, I just wanted that. to point that out. But other than that, uh, that's the only thing I was sitting there watching the screening, going no, and trying not to like let everyone know. I was really, I was not disappointed in the show. The show is great, but I was like, no, 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 no. Um, anyway, but the show is fabulous. Michael and Michael Arke, I highly recommend. It's really funny. It's very, they're short. There's only three episodes. Actually, there's four because they did a pilot, and then we shot three more. Is it regular YouTube or YouTube Red or Plus, whatever they're calling it? I now? think it's regular YouTube. Okay. I, it hasn't come out yet, so sure. I don't. But but all their uh, Kickstarter, Seed and Spark stuff, and their first episode we're all just on regular YouTube. So yeah. I'm assuming that's where they'll drop this as well. Cool. Uh, Chewy? Uh, watch Superstar. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I yes. can. Watch it. I we can keep do getting, that. We keep getting write-ups about how awesome our show is. And I'm it just is, like, it is. it is. It is pretty awesome. Thank you. We are dealing with socially conscious issues in a really hysterical way. <laughs> uh, so... Coming up soon, we have our Christmas episode, which I'm always excited to do. Uh, this year, we're going to do a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go with the way that Chewy said that we should do it, and I think it was the right way, where we get to pick Lifetime or Hallmark Christmas movies. 
Uh, did you want to gift them to people or did you want to... I thought we were going to do a roulette of some sort Ooh, where we can put it into Ooh. a generator and then it randomly assigns us one. Perfect. I love so it. that's love what it. we're going to do. We're going to pick at random. I'll even let Chewie pick it because it's her idea. She'll get to pick five movies. Oh, and, good. Because I, I have yeah. no idea yeah. what she, movies are available. I'm so inexperienced oh, There's so this. many on Netflix yeah. and Hulu. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So oh, Chewie yeah. will pick Netflix is pushing five it or six movies and we will roulette this and we will all defend one of these movies oh. as if it was the best at the table and it I'm will be a very fun this. Christmas episode. And one of the ones on the table because I will I will ask and hopefully she will she will do it. I am in, which is awesome because I'm in a movie on Hulu. Blinking you miss me, but I'm there. And I production designed it. Yeah. <laughs> but don't say which one it is. I want this to be a delicious surprise if I get it. Uh, so that is coming up as well as uh, our Venture Brothers episode coming up for Christmas as well. So we have our Christmas episodes coming around and I'm not sure if Sam's going to do one for Christmas but I will ask her and then we'll if she does perfect <laughs> I like that little laugh like yeah. we'll do it <laughs> yeah. I mean we will it's gonna I happen I have no idea if she's doing it so thank you everyone for listening and bye bye bye, bye.